My name is Tina Conrad, and I'm starting a podcast on my journey through breast cancer. My goal is simple, to help explain my journey in hopes that it helps one person. If you are facing breast cancer today, all I can say is that I'm sending you my love, positivity, and holding your hand. It is so scary and life-altering. And for those diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, it can be forever. If you know someone going through breast cancer, I may have a few tips, but these are from my perspective. Know that every person is a unique individual and all journeys are different. Each journey is confusing at times, non-linear, painful, but yet there is a sisterhood, a beauty, and a grace. In my own unique journey, I have found some truths, some wisdom, and tips that I will share with you. I am dedicating this entire podcast to my dear friend Sandy Clausen, my dear friend and pink sister. She passed away in July of 2018 after a recurrence of breast cancer, and she never gave up fighting. This entire podcast series is dedicated to her memory. Mercy. summer of 2013. I was 37. I had just gotten married to my soulmate, John, just recently promoted to divisional merchandise manager for the home department. Yeah, sounds fancy. For both Kmart and Sears. Truly, it was my dream job. But that summer, my whole world changed. I noticed a change in my breasts. My nipple on my right side was recessing. I told myself that getting old sucked, that this was somehow okay but this little nagging voice persisted that I get it checked out. My mom was a two-time breast cancer survivor, but it was always a lump. I was doing monthly self-exams and hadn't felt any lumps. Now let me pause for a moment. You might be thinking, oh, her mom had breast cancer. That's why she got it too. Now there may be some truth to that, but most women are diagnosed with no family history. The truth is, we don't know. I had started getting mammograms at the young age of 30. I did take it seriously, but I am not BRCA positive. The point I want to make is sometimes others want to put your cancer diagnosis into a tidy little box. Oh, her mom had cancer, that's why she got it too. It's as if they have parents with no cancer, it makes them breathe easier. We can definitely talk about risk factors, as everyone should be aware of the risk factors of breast cancer. Bright pink is one of my recommendations for understanding your risk factors. But I also want to stress that I did experience others' fears, judgments, and sometimes it was easier for friends to not deal with my cancer than to deal with their own fears. Here is a tip if you are a caregiver or a friend to someone going through cancer. Empathize. Don't rationalize. Be a listening ear. Say words like, how are you feeling today? What time do you want me to bring you dinner? What household chores can I help you with? Be a friend, 
a listening ear. Let the cancer survivor talk about their feelings, their fears. Know that they don't expect you to solve it. All I wanted was support and love. I didn't want to explain why or why not my food choices or maybe my family history caused me to have breast cancer. It's just all so overwhelming, particularly at the diagnosis stage. Here is what mattered to me. Daily or weekly texts, just, te just checking in. Comments on my blog that I knew you cared and you were a cheerleader for me. Cards with handwritten notes and driving me to chemo or my other various appointments. Now back to my diagnosis. One day at work, a coworker had a medical emergency that hospitalized her. It's hard to describe, but it stopped me in my tracks. It was almost like a guardian angel was trying to get my attention. I had mentioned that I had been promoted, and at this point in my life, I worked and lived hard, definitely in that order. I woke up at 5.30 a.m., left for work by 6.30 a.m., and usually worked 11 to 12 hours a day at a corporate office. There were days where meetings started at 7.30 a.m. and lasted until 6.30 p.m. If I could get lunch or go to the bathroom, it was a good day. Looking back now, I realized this wasn't good for my body, but I'm also not trying to say that this is why I got cancer. This podcast is about my journey of realizing that there is so much more to life than just work. I digress, though. I made an appointment at the OBGYN for June of 2013, basically to tell my doctor that there was a change in my breast and I wasn't sure what was going on. I am very thankful that she took me very seriously and said, well, it's been three years since your last mammogram, but we have a baseline, so let me go ahead and get you scheduled for another mammogram. I was cautiously optimistic at this point in time, but I felt some relief that I was in control of my body, my life, and getting things looked into. Just a few short weeks later, I was back at Advocate Sherman Hospital checking in for my mammogram. That appointment felt normal, no different than the other two mammograms I had had in the past. You may know the drill. You get yourself a little locker, change into your breezy gown, wait for the nurse to pick you up and take you to the room with the mammography machine. I was not very large-breasted, but I never found it to be a difficult procedure. It was just essentially squeezing your breasts one at a time while capturing digital images for the doctor to read at a later date. I went about my life for about a week or two, and then I got the call. A nurse called me at the end of a long day of work to tell me there was an abnormality on my exam, and they wanted me to come back in for a second follow-up mammogram. Call it ESP, call it intuition, call it whatever you want. I just had this sinking feeling that nearly took me to my knees. Like a dream, I fumbled forward with the details of scheduling the appointment. On my way home, I let my guard down to John, but we did remain optimistic that it was just a false positive. I took a week's vacation to visit my family that Mich in Michigan that summer, with the appointment scheduled at the end of my vacation. I remember my mom trying to reassure me and tell me that everything was going to be okay. Meanwhile, I was a little teary-eyed when the reality and the weight of it all sunk in a little more each day. I don't remember much about that drive to the appointment. I don't remember what I was wearing, if it was my lucky shirt or socks. I am a little superstitious. But John did come with me, and it was nice to have his love and support, even as he waited for me in the waiting area. It started off as what I would call normal with the mammogram again, but then they took me to the ultrasound area, 
warning, not normal in my case, with the wand moving back and forth, back and forth over my lymph nodes. And just then, the largest tear gathered in my eye and cascaded down my cheek. Remember, I wasn't a complete newbie to the breast cancer scene. My mom had fought it twice, so I knew all about the lymph nodes. It was very scary and frustrating too, since nobody would talk to me. The text just kept telling me the doctor would talk to me, that they essentially don't read the results, but I just wanted someone to tell me what the hell was going on. They took me to the doctor's office and let John join back with me, but at this point, I had been told nothing official. I will never forget the doctor and his nearly cavalier attitude as he said, well, I'm sure you know what's going on here. John looked at me confused, almost like I was keeping a secret from him. I wanted to scream. I wanted to cry. I wanted to punch somebody. I wanted to hear the truth, and yet I didn't want to hear the impending truth. This was a new, uncharted territory for me personally. Bottom line is the doctor told me there was reason for concern and that there was a definite abnormality. I was then given to a nurse navigator who went through my option of biopsies, and they would give all of my records to my OBGYN if I wanted to follow up with her regarding next steps. I found myself back at the doctor's office, one of many doctor's office visits to come. In fact, I can and will do a whole episode on doctor's office, tips and tricks, diversions and delusions. I could probably write a whole novel on doctor's office visits, but I digress. My OBGYN did seem empathetic and suggested that I could meet up now with a breast surgeon to perform the biopsy because then I would have that doctor understand my case from the very beginning in case of the big C word. I honestly don't know if she even said the big C word, but it was the large elephant in the room and this was my new circus I was in. I scheduled an appointment with the breast surgeon, Dr. Wu, and I remember vividly her office wallpaper waiting to meet her. In walked a surgeon, just a few years younger than me, expecting her second child. We had an open and candid conversation about my mom's history, and I firmly told her that if things were going down, I wanted both breasts gone and reconstruction. She was very understanding of my wishes. I immediately knew I liked her. She was sassy, on top of things, funny, witty, and I just felt like she had my back. If I was going into this war, I knew she was a good one to take into battle with me. She told me the nurse would be scheduling the biopsy based on hospital availability, and the next time I saw her was in the operating room. I don't remember much about the anesthesia or the procedure, but I remember waking up and the foreshadowing words, I think you need to get your mom's medical records. She was fairly certain that the test would show it was the C word, you know cancer. I remember my procedure was a Thursday. I remember taking Friday to mentally process everything. This is coming from a girl who did not take a sick day, did not believe in mental health days, at least for myself, who was the picture of health and yet had this looming diagnosis of cancer while only 37. How did this happen? Was God punishing me? I had so many more questions than answers and spent the weekend processing everything, or trying to. I called my parents, my brother, my cousins. I naively bragged to my cousins that I may even be an 80-year-old in the nursing home with the best fake boobs. 
Even the mental marathon of the weekend couldn't prepare me for the incoming call on Monday. I had my mom's diagnosis. I was prepared. And yet, oh, and yet, when that call came in and I heard those defining words, you have cancer, nothing can prepare you for that moment. It's almost as if a line of innocence is drawn. Here's where you still believed you were healthy. Here is where you had your whole life in front of you. Here is where your job defines your self-worth. Now let me tell you another truth. You have cancer. Your future is undetermined. You don't know how much time you have to accomplish all that you dream. You may not be able to see the whole world. Live until you're old and gray with your soulmate. You may not get a chance to tell everyone how much you love them. Even now, years from this point in time, it's still raw. It's still hard. It's life-changing. It still brings me to tears. It still rips my heart at its seams. My dreams shredded and my priorities changed. It's as if the world stopped, shifted access, and suddenly you awaken. It took a while for it to settle in, to register, and it was definitely difficult for my mom. Not long after my diagnosis and knowing I would need to get chemo, my Aunt Peggy reached out to me. She lives in the same town as my mom, seven hours away from me in Chicago, and confided in me that my mom was not handling the news well. She was blaming herself for it. It surprised me because I didn't blame my mom for one second, but it also didn't surprise me as my mom is such a genuine, loving person that gives her whole heart to her children. I remember making a call to my mom after my aunt had told me about her blaming herself. I quickly got to the point and asked my mom, do you blame yourself for my cancer? My mom was quiet on the other end, and then she finally started to cry and admitted that she did blame herself. It broke my heart to hear the pain and sadness in her voice and yet be so far away from her. I had been her biggest cheerleader during her breast cancer bouts, and I still wanted to comfort her and give her a hug. I put on a brave face and told my mom resolutely that I did not blame her for my cancer diagnosis, and I didn't blame God. I told her that I always hated the saying, everything happens for a reason, and I still may not have wanted to hear it from others, but part of me needed to believe that there was a reason for this, a greater purpose. I told my mom that I needed her to solely focus on my recovery 100%. I could not worry about her, worrying about me, worrying about her, and so forth. It really did change the dynamics of our relationship, and I could tell my mom was 100% focused on me getting well, and she seemed relieved of the guilt, or at least some of it. Later, my cancer diagnosis went on to have a name. It was stage 3A breast cancer with lobular and ductal cancer, double the fun. It was estrogen positive, HER2 negative, the nurse navigator told me I had old lady breast cancer, but they all seemed happy that it was slow growing. It may have been slow growing, but I was concerned that it was in four of my lymph nodes, two in a macro way and two in a micro way. My mom's breast cancer was tri triple negative and only ductal. I made sure to tell her that I didn't even have the same kind of breast cancer as her. I went on to get the BRCA test to see if I was at further risk of ovarian cancer, but I did not carry the BRCA gene. 
Years later, I did a barrage of genetic testing at my oncologist's suggestion for over 30 gene mutations, none of which I carry. My Tina tip for this episode is this. Take a friend or a loved one with you to all doctor appointments, especially in the beginning. Having someone record the conversation with a doctor, take notes, that's some of the best advice I received, but didn't always follow. Later, I did make a list of all my questions for the doctor and didn't leave until they were answered. Thank you for your time. This is Tina Conrad with DJ Breast Cancer. Next up is Chemo the Red Devil. I would love to hear from you and any other future topics you want discussed. You can reach me at djbreastcancer at gmail.com. Thank you.